0: It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana, featuring the News Gazette media sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling Text Line, 217 217- Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly.
1: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Phone line is open. Matt Daniels is here, the sports editor of the News Gazette. Scott Ritchie as well. Bob Osmussen has the night off. Gentlemen, how are you doing? you okay, Matt?
2: I'm doing good, Steve. Yeah.
1: How are you? You got through the Olympics and everything okay, right?
2: Yeah, I uh you know, finally got the groove of the fourteen hour time difference between Champaign and and Tokyo. But uh, you know, pretty cool moment, uh, early Sunday morning here in Champaign, seeing the uh, the United States women's volleyball team win a win a gold medal with uh, with three former Illini connected to Team USA and, and Jordan Poulter, Michelle Barsh Hackley and assistant coach Aaron Virtue and uh, for them to to finish off, uh, basically the last major event of the Olympics with the the first ever gold medal in in U.S. in women's volleyball for the U.S. Uh, was a pretty cool moment. So definitely uh, definitely worth staying up late for for to see.
1: We'll talk more about that as we move along the volleyball schedule. The non conference part of the schedule was released today. We'll get into that. Scott Ritchie is here to tell us about uh, the non conference men's basketball schedule. Highly anticipated. Here we are. What is this? August the 9th? It might be. It's kind of early for the <laughs> entire schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like it anyway.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that's just partially because of last season right. as well where I mean there were games being scheduled like two days out from them actually being played. But um, I'd say like, we knew the exciting games already for Illinois basketball um, yep. before today's full non-conference schedule re- release. I mean, like the the challenge games with Marquette um, and Notre Dame, bragging rights of course, the Hall of Fame Classic uh, at the beginning of Thanksgiving week, but uh, just kind of filled in the gaps today a little bit with um, five more home non-conference games, so uh, good thing for Illinois fans is that I didn't get a chance to see you know, the line I play last year in person, uh, unless you made it to the Big Ten or NCAA tournaments lots of home games uh, in the The first part of the schedule.
1: Jackson State, Arkansas State, Marquette, Cincinnati, either Arkansas or Kansas State, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, Notre Dame, Arizona, St. Francis, Pennsylvania, Missouri, and Florida A&M. So 11 non-conference games before the 20-game Big Ten season.
3: Yeah, and then between the Notre Dame and Arizona games, there will be you know, two of those early Big Ten games as right? Because well. right. there's about an 11-day gap there in the schedule, and almost oh no, not going to go 11 days without playing right. uh, <laughs> in, in early December. So there'll be another home game in that mix and then one Big Ten road game to get things started.
2: Yeah, I mean they, they've got two exhibition games uh on the on the docket as well. Uh, October 23rd against TBA. I've always heard TBA is a very tough opponent to prepare for and, and play against. So uh we'll see what <laughs> happens there. Hopefully everyone got it. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, TBA <laughs> tough every year, aren't they? <laughs> and then uh October 29th uh which will be a Friday night game. Uh I can't remember if they've announced that opponent yet. Yeah, it's
3: um Indiana, but the Pennsylvania—they're a
2: lot tougher to play than TBA. So, yeah. Uh, yeah well, Luke, Luke Tepper coached football at, at Indiana, I believe. In Pennsylvania, was yes, he did. The, there you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a
3: Division II school. That if you had to Google them this morning, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but
2: they in Illinois. Is not playing Indiana University on October 29th in an exhibition game. Let's just make that abundantly clear. Be a bigger draw. Yeah, but you know it'll be interesting too. Just with the uh, you know. the November's kind of jam packed with games and, and three straight Mondays with kind of key challenging games for the Atlanta in November and uh, but no, it, it kind of filled out the non conference part of it. I think how you expected it, especially after kind of the marquee games were announced and just basically to be blunt, Illinois gets games that they need to win to pad their overall record and you know, barring an upset shocking upset, they they should win those remaining games that filled out the schedule today.
1: More on the men's basketball schedule a little bit later on in the show. The volleyball schedule, the non-conference part of that, was released today, and they get started August the twenty-seventh. Chris Thomas, of volleyball coach, is with us here in the studio. I'm sure you've been kind of waiting with anticipation uh, for that uh, non-conference part of the schedule. How are you feeling about it?
4: Uh, I feel pretty good about it. We always try to, you know, schedule fairly tough because uh, we know we got a tough conference schedule, and uh, felt we got some. Pretty good uh, mix of uh, of challenges on the on the road, and uh, we get a, a good matchup at home in September third and fourth against Washington, Colorado, and uh, a couple other good non conference against uh, at Milwaukee against a couple good teams up there. Uh, Creighton, always a, a perennial tournament team, and then just down the road here Illinois State. So.
1: Would you like to have had more home matches on that uh, before the start of the Big Ten? Uh,
4: You know, if if football's hosting, it gets tough to host during both times. That's right. Yeah. And we want to get used to the challenges of being on the road as well. So uh, I think just a mix of things we like to at least host once, uh, either here or nearby. And we get a couple, we get one here, one nearby, and uh, a couple others that are potentially drivable. So uh, good for fans to come out and see us.
2: Chris, first off, it's good to see you in, yeah. in person. Uh, it's, it's been a while. I miss you know? the Esquire. Yeah, we, we do too. <laughs> we'll um, be back we'll there. We'll be back, okay, there, perfect. back there soon. But uh, what were, I guess, what were some objectives you wanted to accomplish when it came to filling out this schedule, knowing you guys are Going to be hopefully knock on wood playing a normal season this fall.
4: Yeah, like I mentioned, I, I'm a big fan of scheduling. You know, fairly tough just because uh, we have a, a tough Big Ten. And uh, last year, no, no pre-conference at all. Mm-hmm. We we end up squaring off against the top five uh, Big Ten teams <laughs> in a row. <laughs> a couple COVID cancellations in there, but I, I could not schedule that tough if I wanted to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we'll have uh, maybe a little bit of easier road. Although we got some good opponents coming up, and mm-hmm. uh, we just got to make sure that we're just Ramping up as we go along and, and uh, getting ready for uh, conference play, but as we always talk about, it's just one match at a time and taking care of that uh, first match against UCSB would be key.
2: And, and as we've seen over these last 17 months or so, especially when it comes to scheduling, you can get things done rather quickly. I know it was released today, but how long has this schedule kind of been in, in the works and almost, you know, fully done for a reveal to the public. Yeah,
4: well, we we work on it a while, but uh, I think COVID kind of threw a wrench with trying to get the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, I's dotted and the T's crossed and a couple other letters in there that don't exist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just with COVID language, you know, mm-hmm. getting thrown in there. So uh, a lot of reiterations of, of the contract, so that's usually what we got to wait for. But uh, glad it was able to come out, and, uh, yeah, you normally we're usually out about a month earlier than this, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll take it whenever we can get it, and uh, we're, we're excited to get going here shortly.
3: Well, you mentioned the, the home matches against Washington and Colorado, and that's uh, in the Big Ten Pac 12 Challenge, which I think is about sixth, sixth year, maybe? Uh, just
4: yeah, three. This is year three with this uh, matchup, but I know previously yeah. I think they did another three or four before.
3: Just what have you liked about that, or what? I mean, I guess then also to, to get back in Champagne, just how how important was that?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think it's great. Uh, you know, I, again, it kind of gives you a, a glimpse of what maybe conference play is going to be like. So you're going to have an early test to see where your team's at against good competition in, in and uh, in a hopefully hostile environment there in Huff. And uh, Washington's returning you know, Final Four team. Uh, Colorado always a quality quality team out of the Pac-12, and uh, yeah, just a good challenge for for early on.
3: When you're not that far <laughs> removed from the first iteration of the 2021 <laughs> <21 true>. season, <laughs> this is true. Um, so I just, I guess, what uh, what do you feel like? Maybe that did for the team because it's mostly the same group back this year. Yeah. With some, some a few newcomers, obviously, the freshmen. And the
4: <laughs> yeah, we have four freshmen in transfer, uh, Nungy and transfer Jessica Nungie and transfer from Florida State. But uh, I I think that. You know, originally the the compression issue wasn't as big deal to me because I think volleyball is kind of a year round sport. Anyways, mm-hmm. they're back in June fourteenth. They're training. They're doing everything else. The bad side is is usually you have a spring to kind of fix up the bumps and bruises. So we got a couple of bumps and bruises out there, and uh, but you know we have we have a good team. Uh, to we had a first practice today. Very pleased with what I saw for a first practice. Normally it's a little bit uh, sloppy, and messy, but <laughs> you can tell they're getting their work done this summer. And uh, just excited with the group that we have and like you said hopefully we can roll off how we did uh last year. We we ran off 5 of 6 beat Purdue there at the end uh without a pre-conference it was tough to and 48 teams in the tournament it was tough to be tournament eligible under those circumstances but uh I
2: like I like our like shot this year. Did did everyone in the Thomas household stay up late Saturday night into Sunday morning watching uh, all dorm- all throughout the Olympics
4: all <laughs> okay. throughout the Olympics. So my wife has you know played mm-hmm. and yeah. uh she was they they lost uh their gold mm-hmm. medal match to Brazil. And so she was on the, the phone with her teammates all weekend. And then, of course, we know Jordan and we mm-hmm. know Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen played with a couple other people on that team as well, with, uh, Jordan Larson and Faluco Acquadro. And we coached Justine Wong-Orentis at Nebraska. So we uh, we were coached by Karch and everything else. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of ties to that team. And it was really, really cool to see them do what they did and get the first-ever gold medal for USA in women's
2: volleyball. Just uh, what does that mean for, for players like Jordan Poulter and Michelle Barsh-Hackley to play here? And, and you can be honest too. How much are you going to use that in recruiting? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're going to use it. <laughs> that goes without saying. Uh, no, I just think it's you know we tell people
4: this is a special place for for a variety of reasons. Uh, you know, most of which we got good people here, and you've you've got a, an environment that cares about them. Uh, you know, you have a radio station willing to bring on the women's volleyball <laughs> coach, and, and uh, I just think the support here is is phenomenal. And so you know, just those th- those things combined with just who those people are, you know, Michelle uh you know very impressive of her career she's 10 years in the national team that's Mm -hmm. that's uh it's hard to do um just you know mentally physically emotionally and uh she's done great just sticking with it and jordan you know just kind of the the young kid so to speak coming out uh you know we knew she had the intangibles when she was here uh you guys all saw the run at 18 but uh you know to do that in your first couple years i think is very impressive as well and then I have to mention Aaron Virtue as an assistant coach who has uh, played here back in the early 2000s. She did a great job coaching them, and they've been uh, a really good job of developing that team over the last four years.
1: Another 10 minutes or so with uh, Chris Thomas. Were you surprised at all, Chris, about the way that uh, the Olympic Games came off? And, you know, there's a lot of uh, trepidation, I would guess, going in about it. Would it all get done? And yeah. they, they seem to do a pretty good job with yeah, it.
4: Yeah, I think they did a great job. You know, I, I, obviously you'd rather have fans in the stands right. than than not, but you'd rather have them go than get canceled. So uh, you're gonna you kind of pick your poison there, so to speak. But uh, I think it was, I think they did a nice job of covering a lot of events. You know, we enjoyed watching the live stream all, all the other <laughs> events too. I I didn't know that uh, X Games was coming to <laughs> <Olympics> this year. <laughs> I, think I threw some tweet out there this year. I was like, I want to watch volleyball, not the X Games. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I I always enjoy the Olympics you know and you know we talk about volleyball obviously in our household and a lot of people don't realize that there's lots of big tournaments leading up to mm-hmm. the, the Olympics but no one really pays attention until you get the Olympics and then once you get there you better do well and so it's very similar to how do we do the tournament uh, you know you could have an okay season but have a great tournament run mm-hmm. and you're gonna have that's what people are gonna remember and so uh, the Olympics aren't much different. It's a sixteen pool, and then it's a single elimination. For uh, you get three matches to get to the finals, and then hopefully win that last one.
3: Well, you know, when Jordan went down with the ankle injury, did you get maybe some, you know, twenty eighteen Nebraska vibes where she had the same thing and came back, helps you win that that match? And yeah, then uh, how did she returned for I, the semifinals <laughs> and the gold medal.
4: I texted her right after, right when I saw it happen. I said, Hey, if you can beat Nebraska on a bum ankle, you can beat the rest of the world with a bum ankle too. So. <laughs> uh she she texted me shortly after that just said hey i I rolled it pretty good but luckily there wasn't anything structural done and and, uh, she's like i just took a couple advil and uh ice it and and, you know heat and stem and all that stuff that that they got going on now and uh she, she did a nice job coming back and really setting her best uh tournament so it was really good to see
1: could you watch that as a fan or do you always watch volleyball as a coach
4: uh I, at that level I watch it as a as a fan. I, I just have an appreciation for the sport and I watch a lot of the guys uh play as well. Just you know m- maybe going back to my uh what do you call it? my memories just uh <laughs> uh you know trying to remember what it was like to be at that at that stage and it's just it's it's just fun watching world class athletes compete at that level and it's really good volleyball and
2: it's just fun to watch. How weird. I'm sure you've been asked this question multiple times from parents or athletes, recruits, anything like that. Just how weird was it last year to play last year's condensed schedule with no fans there because volleyball is such an emotionally driven sport and and how the crowd reacts can Effect matches, sure. Uh, for me, it wasn't quite as weird because uh, I don't know if
4: you've watched Ben's volleyball, but most people say no, and I say exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I'm used. To,
4: I was used to j- having gyms with nobody there, but uh, no, I, I think you know the one of our biggest, you know, talking about how being a special place is having the fans in there mm-hmm. and getting pretty rowdy, and even at the end of the end of the year, we were able to have mm-hmm. uh, uh, family members in mm-hmm. there and uh, maybe a hundred or so, but it was just as loud as if 1,000. And we're in there, and uh, even that changed a lot. But, you know, we try to turn everything into a positive, and, and we told the team the challenge is can we bring the energy from the sideline and, and have everyone get going. And I thought team came together well and really uh, embraced that challenge and, and did really good from the sidelines themselves. But we're definitely appreciative that we're uh, back to capacity and, and able to have uh, people on the stands
1: you mentioned that uh, your team practiced for the first time today did you get everybody back healthy did you have any major injuries uh, last year
4: uh we, we had one ellie holzman uh so she's still on the on the comeback trail but uh some of the other uh that had some injuries last year are doing a nice job recovering and uh like i said just taking care of a couple bumps and bruises right now so uh it, for what we had for today i think it was it was a good showing and uh you know, like I said, usually it's pretty rusty that first day and everyone's nervous because coaches the r- <laughs> right. in the room. Coaches are watching them coach them up. And it was just like, hey, we're going to play today and see what you did. And uh, they did some nice things over the summer and, and uh, looking forward to getting under – we're 18 days from competition. So, you know, there's no really time wasted right now. So it's been good though. I
3: mean, how much maybe was a good first day of practice, maybe a result of they did just play a competitive Big Ten season not that long ago
4: for sure i I think they have uh you know that last match against Purdue where we were able to beat them in five i I think they have that taste in their mouth like hey we're close right and we were even last year in our losses, I think we had a, a ten match losing streak or something like that. We were close in three or four of those matches where we're going to five sets we're going to five with penn state, we're going to five with minnesota we're going to five with Ohio State uh we're just falling short just a little bit short i think that's a little bit on experience and a little bit on you know we're just trying to find the right lineup in a shortened period of time and and i feel that uh they're kind of springboarding off of that and uh like you said you know they went home maybe for the month of uh may came back mid-june and they've been doing captain's practices ever since so uh, they've been at, they've been at it for a bit uh while us coaches have been recruiting finally on the road and uh and it was just good to see
2: them in the gym and get back together again and, and uh knowing that we're we're close to playing what again. have you guys been able to do recruiting when did you guys first go back on the road and, and what has it been like to be back out on the road and, and so yeah
4: so you know a lot of uh video recruiting obviously which is uh oh, not bad yeah. you know it's, you can <laughs> see a lot from video that's okay uh, but it doesn't replace seeing them in person, and so uh, our the, the way our calendar works is we start June fourth, uh, and so I don't think I return home until uh, about last Thursday. So uh, I was maybe home to drop my bags, do my laundry, real quick, a couple days, uh, but otherwise we were all over the place uh, this summer. So good to be back out. It was it was a quick it was a quick. Uh, or seemed like a, a a quick time frame but we got the job done and, and uh, we got some kids lined up for the future
2: did you remember how to recruit
4: <laughs> yeah it was really loud a lot of, <laughs> a lot of whistles I forgot how loud it was
1: you know I think everybody learned a lot over the last uh, year and a half you you learn how to do things you never thought you would have to do I, I don't know that any of well these two guys are younger than me but before all this happened I didn't know what zoom was yeah yeah, and, and you just find a way to make it work.
4: Exactly, and it, you know the amazing thing is, for as long as you use it for the year, you forget how to use it the next time. Wait, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on mute. Dink. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was. You know, it's what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention, and yeah, I think Zoom coming up is great. Um, you know, we used we used FaceTime and stuff before with their right. recruits or. Uh, you know with their team we have a a video thing that gets processed through it's a a, a specified video uh, program that we use with our athletes but the zoom you know it's nice to know that i maybe don't have to go in all the time and that we can be someplace Mm -hmm. and zoom and to be in a meeting and we do staff meetings on zoom now and so i think it's it works out good and it can be make us be a little bit more efficient with our time
1: not to look past the 11 non-conference matches but the usual suspects in the big 10 as far as favorites go
4: yeah, I think so. So I think, you know, with the COVID rules, you're allowed to bring back, you know, for your fifth year, if you like. And, uh, you know, we're returning Megan Coney and Kylie Bruder. Uh, unfortunately, everyone else in the conference is also returning right. everyone. Uh, so I think Wisconsin's got a couple multi-year All-Americans that are coming back, and uh, Minnesota, uh, Nebraska, Purdue. So it's going to be as tough as it usually is. And, uh, you know, ideally we would have uh, – you know been able that's we we get the experience and then some of the other teams drop but that's not what's going on and uh, that's okay we we signed up to be in the toughest conference and uh we're gonna get after every single match and uh so i guess something different from this year is there there's no travel partner so you'll see we kind of start jumping to different locations as opposed to playing traditional minnesota wisconsin is now mm-hmm. maybe minnesota and michigan state or something like that so
1: that's Chris Thomas anything else Matt Scott
3: Scott was about to chime in okay. well just what I mean with you know you're several not you're not off the hook yet right. several <laughs> of your, you know key rotation players returning from last season but you do have you mentioned you know, Jessica Nungi and then four freshmen how do you sort of envision maybe those newcomers fitting in, in in year one
4: sure I think it's that's the toughest thing that we have with newcomers that that come to the program is we got 18 days till our first match and so if you know their training was uh not not that their training is lackluster in club because they do a great job of training them in club or in high school they're just not used to the intensity of going every single day so for a freshman to step on the court that's pretty special uh jessica has played at florida state so she knows what the what that grind is like and uh yeah so you you envision you try to get better every single day and you try to keep working them in you know it's double days we were allowed to practice you know 24 7 if we wanted to but I don't think that's the right approach because we've got to get ready for these, uh, you know, a uh, uh, three and a half month season where we're, we're grinding it out every single weekend. So
1: appreciate your time, Chris. Appreciate cool. you guys having me on. We'll Thanks, have Chris. you on again if you don't mind before Absolutely. the start of the season. Absolutely. That'll be coming up. It is 5.30 WDWS Champaign Urbana. We'll take a time out and be back with more of Monday Night Sports Talk after this. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's 534, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels and Scott Ritchie. Thanks to uh, Illinois volleyball coach Chris Thomas for stopping by. It's kind of exciting, Matt, isn't it, to uh, get things going here when we're talking about teens now and the number of days before the volleyball season. The Soccer starts mm-hmm. before that. Football starts in yeah. The, Eighteen or nineteen the day days. After yeah,
2: I was just excited to see an actual human being besides you guys here in the <laughs> studios. So that was that was a nice uh, nice change of pace, and uh, yeah, I mean, I asked uh, you know Tim Dittman who does the play by play for Illinois volleyball matches, a couple weeks ago when the the volleyball schedule is coming out because you know it's right around this time where we usually have the the slate of games, and uh, it'll be interesting too just to to see how they you know handle from their their you know, winter, spring season that they had that, that kind of fell short and, and below the expectations that this volleyball program in Illinois is established over time. And, I uh, you know, good to hear him say too, that, uh, you know, hopefully a full huff house, uh, be eager to see what, uh, you know, fan attendance is like as, as Illinois athletics opens up here and, and hopefully that, that trend continues. And, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, August is, uh, Usually a, a full bore month and and we're in that and and I welcome this August over what we went through last August where we were waiting on pins and needles to see what how Kevin Warren would change his mind or things would change kind of on an hourly basis so at least right now you know kind of full speed ahead to uh, you know what hopefully should be a normal uh normal school year
1: it almost was an hourly basis and that that lasted <laughs> what seemed like for a months. long time
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly so
1: um. Illinois football today had a scrimmage on Monday's first of two Monday scrimmages. I guess they can only like, only have two scrimmages these days.
3: Two full tackle mm-hmm. scrimmages. That's a a new
1: right.
2: NCAA rule. So they they didn't lose today, and they they won at least.
1: We don't know how many uh, how many points might have been scored or not scored, uh, but they did seventy two plays. We're told before they took a break. So they got after, I guess, the ones against the ones.
3: Yeah, um, you know, of course we. No one could be there to to watch it from the media standpoint, since training camp remains closed and will be through the rest of, of camp and into your know, game week uh, against Nebraska. So, you know, they played well. They didn't play well. We're gonna. We'll hear never really c- know.
1: We'll hear from the coach here in just a moment, Brad Bielma, after today's scrimmage. The this was what practice number seven. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then they'll get back to uh, doing what they're doing and day to day, and then next Monday they'll have one final one, and then they'll, next week, I would guess sometime, they'll start putting in the Nebraska stuff, whatever that is.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's sort of been maybe bits and pieces all along. Sure. And the reason, uh, one of the reasons that uh, we can't maybe be there for training camp like used to be uh, for all my football, which was an outlier among mm-hmm. college football programs across the country, is that you know, just they're going to surprise Nebraska with whatever they do because there's no tape out there on outside of the spring game, which I guarantee was about as vanilla as possible on both sides of the ball. So you know, we'll see if they can use that to their advantage because they have maybe a half against Nebraska until, you know, the Cornetskers can adjust to what. Well, in Nebraska, they're, doing.
1: they're watching Wisconsin, uh, old Dave, they're watching Arkansas, you know, they got a pretty good idea. Appalachian, Appalachian stage for Tony and, Peterson. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they they pretty much have an idea of what Brett Bielma likes to do with a football team when he has the right athletes. Yeah,
2: exactly, and, uh, you know, uh, it's always, I, I don't know if, I guess interesting is the right word because Illinois football has gone through so many coaches in the last 25 years or so that what the first play call is going to be in the new coach in charge, and I'm sure some fans would love to see Brandon Peters just go out there and throw the ball 50 yards in the air, do a halfback option, double reverse pass or whatever. I think I'd be just content to see, you know, a I form eye formation, two tight ends, and just you know, maybe a nice four to five yard run by Chase Brown and just kind of yeah. start the start set the tone that way. So that that'd be my advice. But
3: Isaiah Williams throws the, throws the first pass. There the you go. That's <laughs> there true. You go. Well, wide receiver. Maybe he action. starts
2: back at uh, center. And this is you know very. I guess I'm nerding out right now in Illinois football, but if you look back at, they list every year they list the uh, the starters at each position, how many games they started in, in 2013. Nathan Shulhouse is listed as starting, um, I think, 11 games because they played 12 games that year. Yeah, they went 4-8. And, and Aaron Bailey is listed as starting one game at quarterback because technically he was there. He was under center for the first snap, I believe, when they played Wisconsin. It wasn't Brett Bieland, it was Wisconsin. Gary Anderson was the coach. But Bailey was under center, and they tried some trick play that didn't really work. But he's listed as
0: the star.
1: Today, after that scrimmage.
0: Everybody always asks, what's the biggest change, coach? from your, when you're in college football last time to this time is the two scrimmage rule, right? So to have only two opportunities to scrimmage, full-go scrimmage before the opener is, is means we had to maximize the day. And there's a lot of really good things out there. There are things we definitely have to improve. Uh, came out of it relatively healthy. Don't have anything that's going to be uh, long-term. A couple guys, Nixon, banks bangs, uh, we'll get the report on that. But really like the way they competed. We worked primarily on early downs, a little bit on uh, second and third down, and had some red area work. So... Um, work the kicking game, work punt, field goal, uh, kick cover as well. So, I like the work they got in. Um, we'll uh, finish out the rest of this week with really just a lot of uh, basic install to, to get us where we need to be. And then next Monday will be a much more advanced game, realistic, uh, 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 really all downs, all situations, kicking downs. Um, and then, you know, about midweek next week uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, we will really begin to transition into our Nebraska preparation. So, uh, exciting time. Guys are working and hopefully uh, keep moving forward.
1: That was the Illini coach, Brett Bielma, today after that uh, scrimmage. And another area where we don't get a chance to know what's going on is kick returns. You don't get to see much uh, in that uh, 15 minutes uh, that we're allowed to watch practice without doing much of that.
3: Well, none, essentially. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's mostly individual position drills, um, which does not really include special teams at all. Um, but, and there's some intriguing options i think mm-hmm. for kick and punt return um caleb griffin why well, he, he's got experience he did return punts last year at the end of the season because mm-hmm. he was the one i think they could count on to catch the football which is really when you're a punt returner that's the only thing you should do is just catch the ball don't let it bounce mm-hmm. unless you're positive it's going to bounce back the other direction and you shouldn't be positive about that so catch the ball but yeah, he's in, well. He's now listed as a kicker slash wide receiver. So I think
2: you know Kamari Thompson. I think is an option after having done it last season. Um, I don't think they would put Chase Brown back there because it looks by all indications he's going to kind of be the the featured back at least to start uh, you know the season and again just kind of like Scott said, just kind of dependable guys back there and it you know the return game when it comes to Illinois has kind of always been hit or miss you know in recent seasons it's kind of been more miss than than hit i don't think they've had a, a return for a touchdown whether a punt or, or kickoff since vangelo bentley and that was what, seven eight years ago so yeah it's just another uh another aspect of of training camp that uh, you know we're not kind of getting a, a good grasp on but um that's for for ben miller the special teams coordinator to uh to worry about and figure out
1: well i got my news gazette yesterday morning mm-hmm. i always go right to the sports page of course thank you i'll okay. give
2: you the twenty dollars I, I gave you before the show to say that and then
1: you. when i saw the what you and uh, mr richie <laughs> had uh, been working on a hundred uh, uh, games i i want to know the process uh, did you guys do that write, side by side
2: right really really fast well but you
1: would have to to come up with that many games yeah and, no and, the and, uh, uh, and research that went into it did you argue at all
2: we don't really argue that much. I don't remember the no. last time. Uh, no, when, when
3: you need 100
2: games, there's a lot <laughs> that you can put, <laughs> put on the list. So yeah, I was like, do
3: we have enough? Okay, we'll have a few more from the SEC. Yeah, probably okay. I
2: think we uh, we went week by week. Uh, we definitely should have started this process sooner, and, and we're going to try to start the process this week a lot sooner because uh, this Sunday's paper we're uh, counting down the, the top 100 players coming into the season, um, and I guess top all, all across
1: college football? All
2: across FBS. Okay. Yeah, maybe we might dive into FCS. I don't really think we will, but that's a possibility. Well, I mean, let's Because if mayb- we start to do FCS and you guys Let's kill, maybe not. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> that's a good call. Um, but, no, we kind of went, we started off the process just week by week, kind of looking at games uh, that kind of in, intrigued us, and um, I think the initial list we came up with had about 115 or so, and then we kind of narrowed it down. And, and part of the project, too, is we got some input from from beat writers across the country as well. So um, we've got even more insight coming this upcoming uh, week with the the top 100 players going into the season. And, and I guess I put the label top 100 players because I'm not saying these are the 100 guys that we think are going to win the Heisman Trophy. Maybe they're the most important player on right. their team or most compelling or most intriguing, I guess top 100 is kind of that general overall qualifier for it but in terms of the the games you know we narrowed it down to 100 and then we all we had them listed initially uh just in chronological order on the calendar and then scott took the first 50 through like mid-october and i took the last 50 and then we spent Mm -hmm. (laughs) friday morning re-ranking them and getting them out of their order and just kind of going So that. you had
1: Illinois in there, what, three times? Three times.
2: Um, the, I think, highest-ranked game we had them was the the Wisconsin game. I think mm-hmm. we put it at 59, I want to say. No real rhyme or reason why it's 59. It's just there, so you can get all your conspiracy theories out <laughs> of the way. Um,
1: Nebraska was in there?
2: Nebraska is in there. In Wisconsin, I think, kind of topped the list just because of the natural storylines that involved that game mm-hmm. with Brett Bielema coaching against his full – Uh, old school for the first time Uh, it's homecoming here in Champaign and also to the fact that the last time Wisconsin was here Illinois football pulled off arguably one of its most significant wins in in program history with the upset of the six ranked Badgers on on James McCourt's late last second field goal Nebraska game it's on there it's intriguing just because it's the first game of the season between two power five programs uh and there's a lot of hype building up around it and i, I understand why because it is the first one but you look back too i mean I, again last the 2020 season was a fluke hopefully we never see a season like that again but nebraska went three and five illinois went two and six you're talking about two teams that went a combined five and 11 last year if there were other game other power five games going on that weekend it would be kind of down the the list there at all and then the last one we put on again i guess kind of for sentimental reasons too um you know it's illinois at iowa um that's a game that i mean Iowa's was dominated recently uh, but the last time those two teams played in iowa city was 2019 close game uh you know brandon peters was knocked out late in that game by kind of a questionable no call also too it's brett his alma mater i'm sure he'll get asked leading up to that game about the tattoo on his leg of the tiger hawk um and also too i mean if both If Illinois is in a position, whether they've either clinched a bull berth or they need to possibly clinch a bull berth, that's a huge game But it's the second to final game on on the schedule. So
1: I thought Brett's um, comment on his Tiger-Hawk tattoo was quite appropriate. He said, thought it was a good idea at the time, but I was 19 years old. So.
2: I'm sure we can all agree that <laughs> there were things we did when we were 19 <laughs> that probably thought we were really smart and, you know, had life figured out. Now we look back on and think what the heck we were thinking.
1: We need to take a time out here on Monday Night Sports Talk at 546. Some basketball to talk about, uh, some more. We talked about the basketball schedule. Io made his uh, debut. We'll touch on that and some other items as well after this. 550, about 10 minutes left. Phone line is open. You'd like to join us on Monday Night Sports Talk, 217-356-9397. Some Summer League basketball this afternoon. I must say, I watched a little bit of the Bulls game, and I must say, it might be the first time I've watched Summer League NBA basketball. I know you probably knew Scott Ritchie, but uh, I wanted to see what Io would do, and he was 2 for 8 from the field, 6 points, 6 rebounds.
3: Yeah, I mean, and the Bulls got stomped. (laughs) Uh, Not that it was on Io, of course, but maybe not the, the best debut. Um Malcolm Hill was on the New Orleans Pelicans who beat the Bulls, but he didn't play uh, today, I don't believe. And then you know, George Bishanashvili made his debut in Summer League um, yesterday, mm-hmm. started for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I think he had five points, three rebounds, if A- I remember and correctly.
1: some of the reports I saw never quit talking. <laughs> <But> that's, <laughs> <But> that's George. <laughs> I'll say, I did not watch the game, and that <laughs> also does not surprise me at all. But, yeah,
3: Summer League is – I mean, the first games, I think, I mean, all these guys are trying to figure out how to play with each other because they just got thrown together essentially right. in the last week or so. You know, a couple practices before you get to Vegas. It um, gets better. Um, I've been, and it's fun to be there in person. Uh, just mostly because there's a lot of, oh, hey, I remember that guy from you know, college basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, just or that who previous, the heck is that? <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of that, too. Um, so, yeah, it's. It's a kind of a fun fan watch. Um, I wouldn't and don't put a ton of stock into production in summer league, and saying like if you have a terrific summer league, then you're you know just gonna guarantee to have a great you know NBA season. Maybe not, um, but you know for you know, Illinois fans, they get a chance to, to watch Ayo Desumu again and and Georgie, and then Malcolm Hill, of course, and then you know, if they want, Alan Griffin is also. Uh, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers on their summer league team. He did not uh, play yesterday in his what would have been his debut.
1: And Brian Randall is coaching the, the Suns' summer league team.
3: Yeah, which is a great opportunity sure. for him. I mean, if you th- kind of think about you know, some you know, coaches that have either gotten NBA jobs or been in the, the running for their you know, jobs when they come open, a lot of times they have a summer league run under their belt. Um, like Becky Hammond ran the Spurs' summer league team for – several years in a row eventually I think she will get mm-hmm. uh, an NBA head coaching job but yeah that's why all of the discussion of like oh Brian Randall is obviously going to come back to Illinois to be an assistant coach felt a little just off to me it was like he has a really good opportunity with a team that just played for an NBA championship and I know he just was in his first year as a full assistant coach in the NBA there's a lot of assistants on staff on every NBA team but I think the opportunity and the door is there for him to advance and maybe quickly
1: What's new on the recruiting scene? I, I I see that some official visits are being scheduled for the fall.
3: Yeah, and you know the the first big weekend will be uh August 28th with the the Illinois Nebraska football game cuz there were you know several visitors on campus in June, but there was nothing going on on campus, so this is you know an opportunity for you know, recruits to get maybe an idea of what Champaign is like uh, when things are happening a little bit, but yeah, those will happen, you know, August, September, October, um, leading into, you know, of course, uh, the first, you know, the early signing period in November. And we'll see what all that means. But Illinois is in a good spot now in the 2022 class with Reggie Bass, Sincere Harris, and Jaden Epps committed. Um, they've had a few guys that they have been recruiting, they had targeted that have gone elsewhere in the last couple of days. Um, Terrace Reed, who was a four-star uh, center out of St. Louis, committed to Michigan. Uh, Trey Holloman was a four-star point guard out of Minnesota, committed to Michigan State, and he didn't really have a spot at Illinois, so it's not maybe a big surprise. And then today, uh, Kalel Ware was a five-star center out of um, Arkansas, committed to Oregon. So names are coming off the board, but Illinois has offered a lot of guys in the 22 class, so that they're not you know, sitting there empty-handed right now.
1: Moving up on 5.55, need to take one final time out here on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk. We're back with some final words after this. We've got about three minutes left here on this edition of Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, yours truly, Steve Kelly. Thanks to Chris Thomas for spending about 20 minutes with us talking about the volleyball win in the Olympics and about the start of his practice and the release of his non-conference portion of the schedule. so a lot uh, of information covered there. A couple of other notes here before we get out of here. The Illinois PGA Senior Championship started today for players over 50 years of age up at Lincoln Wood, Illinois, and Mike Small, not surprisingly, has a share of the first-round lead after a 600-par round today. He's tied for first with a former Tour player, Roy Biancalana, I don't know if you guys remember him or not, but uh, he's back in the state of Illinois, and another player, Kurt Rogers, who is an assistant pro at Champaign Country Club, is tied for sixth at three under par. So that's the Illinois PGA Senior Championships, first of three rounds today. What are you guys working on, Matthew?
2: Uh, we've got uh, another big uh college football countdown coming in in this Sunday's paper. Uh, like I said, top hundred players coming up. Uh, Scott, uh, you know, talked to, to former Illinois volleyball coach Kevin Hambley earlier today about Jordan Poulter and Michelle Barsh Hackley, and we'll have a story about that, along with uh, some insight from Chris Thomas into his schedule in tomorrow's paper. and Lots more Illinois football coverage coming up as well, and, and high school sports. Didn't high school football practice start today? Yeah, high school football practices started today. Other high school practices for the fall sports started as well. Later this week, we are set to have our first uh, high school sporting events of the 2021-22 school year with a few golf tournaments that get going, I believe, Thursday. So, um, yeah, it's here again. I like it. I really do.
1: <laughs> so you've got uh, Mr. Richie double dipping a little bit with football and basketball. You, you and volleyball tomorrow. And volleyball, you you hanging in there, okay? <laughs> we need to tell you what day it is, or what?
2: Not yet, but <laughs> that that day is coming. You are going on vacation next week, Scott. So. It'll be okay. Yeah, on um,
3: the very last possible moment <laughs> I can before no more vacation for seven or eight months. You
1: just officially approved that on the air. I did,
2: yes. It's it's out there now for public consumption. So it'll be
1: Matt Daniels and yours truly sure. next week.
2: Yep, sounds good, Steve.
1: Shout out to Bob Osmussen. Hope you're feeling better. Talk yep. to you soon. Appreciate you listening on Monday Night Sports Talk, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly. Have a good night, everybody.